and welcome everybody to another edition of the World's Greatest Podcast. It is, of course, that's the way, the cookie crumbles. The episodes are stacking up, just like your mum's OnlyFans. We're on episode <laughs> 205. And Jim, your boys are stacking up goals at the minute. But they can't buy a win, your City oh. boys. One win in the last four Premier League games. Wow. Jim, the question yeah. or the narrative, should I say, that's being pushed at the minute is, what's going on at Man City? What's bloody going on? Um, I don't know, I mentioned last week, didn't I, um, that City have give away late goals to big teams, um, when I said um, Chelsea, obviously, we, well, we, we, are, we got a late goal in that one, but Chelsea obviously took the three points away in the last minute, Liverpool got a draw in the last ten minutes, that's what I was speaking about last week, um, Arsenal got a win in the last ten minutes, and then now Spurs, we, 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 we dropped two points at Spurs in the last... The camera when he scored, but it was the last ten minutes of the game. Um, I was sorry, he's not even minute one. Yeah, last five goal. minutes of the game, bud. Yeah, I, I think what the problem is, what the, what the difference is from the last season to this season is, there's not much control that's seen. Well, I think there's we play a bit chaotic. It doesn't suit us at all. Um, you've effectively with injuries and transfers, you've effectively replaced Gundogan or Stones next to Rodri with Alvarez next to Haaland, which is it's a massive change, really. Alvarez has been one of our best players this year, but in these big games, there are a lot of questions of what is he actually doing? And it's because you need a bit more control in that game. Um, I feel like City needs to do something else. Moving forward, I said that maybe in the next one, I don't think Kovacic has been fit enough to start games recently, but in in the next big game, whoever that is, it's probably Aston Villa really in the week because without Rodri and without Grealish and potentially without Doku, that's a, that's a big ass to win there. Um, City should probably go without Alvarez. Maybe they can't now because of Doku and Grealish's injuries, but maybe go go without that one player behind Haaland. Put Kovacic next to Rodri. Well, Kovacic next to Phillips, who will be on, on Tuesday, or Kovacic next to Rico Lewis, for example. And so a bit more control in the game, because that second half yesterday, I mean, the first half, Spurs were... They, they stuck to the guns in first and played out the back, but... City were actually all over him. I think on another day we should have went in 4-5-1 at that first half. We probably shouldn't have even conceded that goal. It was weak as fuck, wasn't it? I mean, Yoki was weak and Edison should have definitely saved it. And then in the second half, Spurs were just playing around us. And it's because we literally just couldn't get the ball, we couldn't control it. In the end, we got it. I think there was a start one of the first 15 minutes, they had like 70% possession. Um, and that's just because City just couldn't control it at all. And a lot. Of, and this is why probably Rodri is suspended and always... A master of the dark arts, and he's got that in him. But he's having to do a lot of lunging in and stuff. It's because he's not got people around him um, in there on his own. So I think City needs to change it up. And I think in terms of going forward, I said um, in a group chat that City probably needs to just stick within touching distance because really we haven't been at the races for the full season. And Arsenal probably will go six points ahead of us, but it's not massive. We was ten points behind last year, and. We just need to wait till De Bruyne comes back, and then hopefully that Spurs is on because he should be back next month. So, yeah, not great for City, but I mean, full credit to Spurs. I thought they they, they stuck to the way they was they've always played. I mean, it was to the detriment at Chelsea, wasn't it? A few weeks ago, there was a lot of talk about how they played there, but with all the injuries, they played four fullbacks in defence against City, and they didn't have any problem passing out for the back. In terms of they had problems in terms of they lost the possession, but they wasn't like. Hoofing it up, they didn't abandon shape, did they? Um, and I actually thought that was good because there was some times when that's that's what gave them chances to leave under the pitch. Yeah, and Stan, I'll, I'll pose the question to you. We posed on our Insta video for the trailer for the pod. 
Would you say this draw, this three-all draw at the Etihad, almost vindicated Postacoglu's tactics? Um, <clears throat> I actually think he got the tactics wrong in the first half. I think, like Jim says, uh, they were very lucky not to go in three or four-one down. Uh, they were lucky to actually even score, but you know, the game plan, I suppose, in, in the first instance, was to score on your counter attacks and score on the counter attack. They did. Um, I actually think his tactics were fixed at half time when I mean I'm not saying it was all because of me, Cook, but I did say at the yeah. beginning. No, it is because you don't be humble. And it's actually very. You, you know what? Honest, though, isn't it? Yeah. This, is, this is actually very similar to Jim saying about Alvarez uh, and City not having a lot of midfield control. I did say to Cook that uh, Spurs should get Hoiberg on for Brian Gill. Uh, get Johnson. He was it. awful though, money for that. that he was. He did really well for the goal. He did. But I, I he just really put. I thought he lost the ball. I'd, I said to Cook, I'd get uh, Hoyberg on. I'd get him in the midfield in a base with Basuma. I pushed Lacelso up. Who also scored, by the way. Uh, I get Johnson on the left because I thought Gill was offering absolute. Kyle Walker could have chilled. I mean, he can chill most of the time, but at least Johnson has a bit of pace. Yeah. Uh, and you get Kulaseski back onto the right, uh, where again, you know, he scored and he looked a lot better. I thought when he went over to that right hand side, and I think that half-time sub changed Spurs' chances of getting anything. I thought they were a lot better when they had those three players in the middle: Hoiberg, Basuma, and the Celso. Although Basuma tried his best. Uh, to give City the win with, with some crazy decision-making, uh, 20 yards from his goal, but uh, Spurs ended up equalising, so saved his blushes. But I think that, uh, from the off, he actually got his tactics wrong. Uh, I think at half-time, though, he, he noticed, he made that sub at half-time, which we've seen other managers maybe wait 10-15 minutes until they go further behind to change it, but he, he clocked it at half-time, made the decision there and then, and I thought Spurs' chances of getting anything from the game improved as of that decision and they got something from the game uh, and I mean I said to you at the end of it I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if Spurs deserved a draw over the 90 minutes but I also don't know if City deserved the win weirdly that's um, bad what we for us it's uh, two missed opportunities in terms of yeah. the other team hasn't I don't think the other team has come to the 8 yard and done well enough to get a point but City played them off City might like not have done enough they, to they, win. They, yeah they yeah. played okay Luka played okay Spurs played well in patches um, and it might get your points in other grounds but Realistically, them, them performances shouldn't get you points at the Etihad, and over the last last two weeks they have, and it's because we just haven't put our chances away. Slash, haven't been at the races in, in periods. I mean, Harlem is two fucking really easy ones. Um, oh, Reza at the I mean, post too, didn't we? Yeah. We had Doak at the at the bar. Um, the first half, yeah, really, That's what I mean, really yeah. should have been fought. It should have been game over, but it wasn't. It was kind of like the Spurs performance last year. It was they they did us in the first half, but probably should have scored more when City came back and won, and. Um, yeah, it's kind of up and the on this year. Yeah, and Stan, any positives to take from that, from, from Spurs going forward in terms of resilience with this injury plague that they've had at the minute? Loads. Uh, loads. I think playing like that at the Etihad, for anybody, even if they had the first eleven, was brilliant, to be honest. Uh, not that City were vintage City, but they're still City nonetheless. They still, still scored three goals and Spurs come away with a point after conceding three at the Etihad, which... Not many teams do. I think there's loads of positives for them to take. I think getting Basuma back in there. Um, I think Lo Celso uh, has looked really good. I think he looked really good against Villa. They were probably unlucky to lose, to be honest, Spurs. Uh, Kuliseski got a goal. Song he got was a really goal. good, I thought, Kuliseski. Um, you know, I mean, you've got to take loads of positives. I mean, the fact that you get a point at City uh, when you were trailing at, at multiple t- times in the game, uh, not to mention, was it 10 minutes from time? Uh, Grealish scored the yeah. goal that I think everybody thought would be the winner. Um, wasn't to be um, 
and then obviously Kulisewski goes up the other end and equalised, you've got to take loads of positives, especially when you were stirring down the barrel, let's not forget, of a fourth consecutive Premier League defeat. Um, but Spurs, you know, that, that last-minute win at that point uh, could be not a lifeline, but a moment that Spurs can maybe now start to build on rather than looking at, like I say, four losses in a row. Uh, Jim, yes. uh, something that uh, Erling Haaland took to Twitter about, or uh, the X. app F formerly known as Twitter, yes. uh, X, to type WTF, which means what the fuck. How uh, does it um, though, allegedly? What do you think it means? What the flip? Uh, Why the foul? Ooh, mm, yes. Means. <laughs> um, so yeah, as, as we know, if, if, you, if you weren't watching the game, I'll tell you anyway. Haaland is fouled, uh, but he holds the ball up well uh, and knocks the ball over the top for Grealish just after the referee plays advantage. Uh, but as the ball's in the air, about to land on Grealish's toe, uh, who's running one-on-one, the referee blows for a free kick. And that was literally two minutes from time. Uh, and Haaland, if you've not seen the pictures, uh, screaming literally at the ref, um, understandably. Uh, although Dermot Gallagher, uh, the ultimate guy, would always go against the ref. Yeah. Says that referee did nothing wrong because he, he always reserves the right to play advantage or not. Um, what what are your thoughts on that, Jim? Is that something that can just happen, or is there something deeper going on? Oh no, there's nothing deeper. I thought he didn't have. He didn't, it, there was nothing like in the game where the refs had a shocker. Thought he had a pretty good game, and then when Peter Drew said it didn't in commentary that he's had a pretty flawless game, and then one decision that would be talked about. But I mean, it was ridiculous, so we can't not talk yeah, about it. it. I mean. Yeah, that we, we see that happen a lot, don't we, in fairness, in football where they should play advantage and the other team have gone have actually got an advantage and they don't. And the refs are always credited when they play advantage and something good comes out of it of it. So I think these should rightfully be criticised when they don't play advantage and something well, they, should have came good of it. Yeah. Um I mean they do it, the opposite it, a lot. They play you advantage and you lose it and they don't give you it and you go, yeah, we had, we Where the had, fuck we was had, the advantage? We had one in the game where I think might have been Haaland again he got fouled and Rodgers had the ball and no one's passed to him looking at the ref like well just give us a foul and I literally I can go nowhere from the backwards and we're in the when the Spurs are but in this case the ref there's a there's a, there's a pitch some videos of it he's literally like waved his arm forward to go yeah. oh yeah Haaland's got straight back up from that I think a lot of the Haaland frustration is because of the way the game went in fairness but the, the and I'm not saying Grealish is the fastest lad now he definitely might not have scored I think they're about to take him down though yeah, I think they'd have to definitely put. There's this question: the free kick edge box for a penalty or a red card or something. It's a goal scoring opportunity. It definitely is. Um, yeah, the fact that he's played advantage with his arms and then for oh yeah, there wasn't yeah nah. <laughs> Just I know you at least wait to see where the ball lands. <sighs> and he, he did pretty it. much had he pretty much had gone to Grealish on it. But that's but the thing is as well, it's just a it's just a complete cop out from the ref because like yeah. even playing advantage there like Harlem doesn't actually. I think go on the floor. I think he actually just kind of stumbles. So it's not even like he's he like, like, he, he stayed up and got, then yeah, 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 and got straight I mean. back up. So he's not like actually been like dropped or anything like that. Yeah. He's still in motion, and that was the big thing that a lot of people had a lot of gripes with. That the ball was still in motion. Everyone was still there, and he was right next to it as well. The ref. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going through that. He just shit himself a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think so too. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it with Alan was frustration as well. Yeah, of course, of course it was. The, the, actual, the actual, he wasn't that annoyed at that decision. It was the, it was the fact that it was the end of the game and how the game went. Yeah, and yeah. losing the points, he got so annoyed at it. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know what, I don't fucking mind that because in fairness to Ireland, when C went free up, when Kuthefsi scored, it was Harlan going like fucking come on, like yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to jam up. So I don't mind that at all. I like it. I'd say he needed more of it. Yeah, definitely. And like we said before, someone who's 
taken points off Man City recently, Jim. Liverpool, they... Well, actually, Stan, we'll come to you on this one. Stan did actually try and get a little in-play on this when Fulham were winning. However, Liverpool's two goals in one minute really sent that to uh, to the Ashes quite early, didn't it, Stan? He did. I, I won a bet on Chelsea. Robert Sanchez to get booked. Uh, bet responsibly. Uh, and I looked, and Liverpool were 3-2 three three down about the 83rd minute. And I said to court Liverpool are 18-1 to to win. And I thought, they just will. I can just, I can just feel it in my bitter bones. Um, and I think they were 4-1 to one to draw. And you went, well, you've just won, so you may as well uh, cover the draw with a fiver. Went to put it on. Popped up, suspended, goal, Liverpool. And then the win went to about 4-1. to one. And by the time it had unfroze from suspended and I deposited the fiver, it said... Uh, Suspended and then Liverpool went to about one to twenty-five uh, <laughs> to win, and I thought they've scored again. And it popped up saying Liverpool goal four three. He's won again. So I was literally 10, 15 seconds away from putting a five on Liverpool, uh, a, a win and a, a draw, and then a win, and I didn't manage to get either on. And ultimately, I kept saved my money, but didn't earn any. So it's, it's it swings and roundabouts. But uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold with two goals as he was. One goal. Laid on goal off the free kick. Oh, was it? Laid yeah, on. Yeah, hit his back. All right, okay. Well, there we go. Uh, hell of a free kick uh, with his new Preds on. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah Liverpool, I mean, the question on this was, are, are they, can, can they dream of a, a 20th uh, Premier League title? Yeah, definitely. I think they've got a better squad than Arsenal. I know that says something, given that the, the midfield's just been torn apart and they've got a brand new midfield but Liverpool just like almost look like plug and play the, the biggest compliment I can give Liverpool is they look like City where they, where they can just bring these these people in and they, they look like they've played at Liverpool for ages like Sobers like looks like he's been playing at Liverpool all his career he's really stepped up and Klopp's almost got that us against their mentality and it just shows that it's really working for him and the, the slapping teams at the minute and this this game against Fulham no, no one really saw that coming when Fulham were free to up with I think ten minutes left or whatever it was, and then obviously Liverpool go and win it. But I was saying to you, Stan, when it happened, I was like, this, this never really happens to Liverpool at Anfield anymore, and that's that's where they're going to pick up a lot of the points. But I'm very impressed by Liverpool at the minute, and it's worrying because like like me and Jim were saying on the pod a while ago, you could have said Liverpool's business was one of the worst on paper given who they lost and who they brought in in terms of like prem proven. So, yeah, biggest compliment I can pay to Liverpool is they look very much like City at the minute. I think I think the thing with Liverpool is, I, th- I think they've kind of gone back to, well, I say that, they conceded three at Fulham, but I, I feel like they've kind of sorted the defensive issues out. I know that they've just lost Alisson. I think that might explain. A lot of Fulham's goals were goalkeeper mistakes. It went through Kelleher a couple of times. But it feels like the score is a, the the forwards are scoring, and uh, the defense is looking back to its it's not its best, but as good as it has been probably for a couple of seasons. Um, and the midfield is gone back to serving its purpose as a midfield because I mean you look at the midfield on paper it shouldn't really be working. Yeah. Uh, McAllister, Sabozlai, Graven Birch. Uh, I know Endo. Endo came on, but he's limited. I know he scored a goal, but great goal. We've, we've, we've in terms of seeing his cameos, he's pretty much a walking yellow yeah. card and not much else. Um, McAllister's not looked great sat in front of the defence but I think the, the the best thing about Liverpool and I think Liverpool fans will like it and we said at the start of the season I think what you can expect from Liverpool is is they're a level above it but when Klopp first came in and it was you score three we'll score four which is perfect for this weekend um, you know, they're, they're still better than they were when Klopp first came in because they've obviously got a different group of players but I think we will see that a lot from Liverpool this season where 
they might win games 3-2, 4-2, 5-3, things like that. Uh, a lot of lot of Liverpool wins, both teams scores uh, for those tipsters out there this season. Uh, and, and I think Liverpool fans will like that. And I mean, you can't love much more than you know two late goals to turn it around for you at home. So... Uh, and, and they've got it in the big games, like we say. I know City weren't the best, but they went to the Etihad and got a point. And if you draw your, your big away games and you win your home games, there's not many teams better at home than Liverpool. Um, maybe only City. Um, but, you know, Liverpool at Anfield in a game against anybody, in a game that they need to win, if it gets to it at the end of the season, uh, they'll do the business, as, we, as they've shown time and time again. So Liverpool definitely in the hunt, um, but I still make City favourites. I think they'll come good second half of the season like they always do uh, and I mean they're up there in the in the chat without Kevin De Bruyne so uh, yeah, that's, that's if, if there was a January signing or somebody that will be like a January signing I don't I don't think uh, many will beat Kevin De Bruyne in the market come January no and funny you should say about January Jim the African Cup of Nations starts then and they are going to lose Martin Sala for a little bit do you think that could be only only it is a finite amount of time but do you think that could be enough to really halt their title push that's only really just got started yeah potentially he's a massive, he's a massive player isn't he? he's the only constant in that Liverpool team in terms of you know what you're getting with him um, because pure output isn't it yeah I, I think a lot of them are good players but they can be Nunes can be quiet Diaz can be quiet um, Charles injured the, the midfield can have good games and bad games but yeah Salah's the constant he's always going to be a threat in any, any, any given game so yeah definitely um, but at the same time <laughs> I don't know. It sounds weird. Me, I just don't think the title challenges. I just don't. They're not. I don't think they're good enough at all. I think if they win the league this year, then I think that maybe it's just um, that 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 itself highlights the the poor level, the poor standard at top level this year in the Premier League. I I think it's a weird season. I think it feels to me like the standard at the top, your Arsenal, City, and Liverpool. I think they're all worse than they were last year. Yeah, potentially maybe Liverpool got a little bit better but I, th- I honestly think they're all worse than they were last year and I just think Arsenal look, they, they, look, they look ordinary don't they at times in the top of the league they could be six points clear and they look, but last year they was incredible City last year were obviously they're probably they're going to go down as one of the best sides of, the, of like the Premier League history only the trail winners but both of them just look like Half the teams, yeah, Liverpool, they can get beat any weekend to me. Um, I know they've been, they've been bailed out so many times this year in terms of they've gone behind and won, and that's a it's goals, that's a it? test of the good, great character and what they have in fairness, and that isn't uh, it's an, an asset they have, but it's not sustainable. No, to win nobody's a title. nobody's won the title like you, that. No, you don't years. win, you don't win titles that way. So I just, I just think I think they're going to be a good side that's going to be in Champions League football. They'll be but, good to watch. <laughs> yeah, very good to watch. They always are, but I can't have these as Premier League winners. Um, not the way they're playing since the start of the season, and I quite, I quite, that that could be buying word like words. Eating words, of course it yeah. could. But yeah, I've looked. You look at champions. That this team to me isn't one. Yeah, well, one of the things I was going to ask you, Jim. Obviously, Trent's playing out his skin at the minute, playing obviously in that right back midfield hybrid role. Do you think that's sustainable? Obviously, his output at the minute because he he has saved Liverpool a lot recently. He has lost two games. I don't even mean they would have got zero points. No blah. But this, yeah, it's like everything swings around about it. At the same time, but like, why are they conceding? Is, is he part of that issue? Um, he has to score the goals because I know it definitely assisted. That was a lot of joy we had that down that side, and then obviously he gets the equaliser. Um, I think they're probably figuring things out. I think if they had Thiago in there, yeah, and they could push McAllister up a little bit, like McAllister 
well, he's brilliant in the World Cup, won he, when they put um, Enzo behind him and then they could have McAllister pushing up a little bit. With Paul. Yeah, I, I think if you had Thiago, where I think he's been completely missing, I know he's injury prone, but I've just not heard from him all season. Yeah, no, um, he is injured. It's a shame he couldn't keep Fabinho, really, because he's the perfect player they need. Yeah, he had someone like behind him, and then you've got someone like running oh, around McAllister. Or a design Lavia. Yeah. that transfer. It would look a lot more sustainable oh, to me, that. but at the minute it's a bit... Bit of a miss, and I mean, they might sign something in January, but I, I feel like they won't. I feel like Liverpool are a team that's going to go out there and dress things straight away. They never have been under the club. They've had a few decent January signings, though. They have, Van Dijk, they Luis have, Diaz. but in terms of Suarez. they haven't Suarez. been, <laughs> they haven't been as optimistic as they probably should be. Um, they, they should probably look at the season you know, in terms of the owners should probably look at the season and think oh Arsenal City will be able there's a chance yeah, um, yeah, yeah. go and sign like a big midfielder go and sign like another striker because we've got a jar injury for something like that go and sign another another right back so we can Centre play in the field but I just don't think they will I think there's, I think it's, it's <coughs> telling that they've landed on Endo comparing that quick, quickly before we move on to the better of the week do you think that City and Arsenal do go into the market then in comparison to Liverpool, I don't to think maybe so. take I, them away. Arsenal will. Arsenal might. I don't. I don't know if City don't really do too much in January. And like and like Stan said, City probably want to come back. They've yeah. got a lot of players coming back. Nunes will come back. I, um, I think if um, Arsenal go out and sign a proper Xhaka replacement in January, what about striker? They've got goals. I don't worry about Arsenal for goals. I worry about the balance in terms. I don't think they found that proper balance in the midfield. It's Odegaard, Rice, and then whoever the third guy is. But have they got I a twenty-goal-a-season striker? They might not need one. They do. They didn't have one last season, and they were seven games from lifting a Premier League title. I think they would have learnt a lot from last season. I think it's a lot like Liverpool when City picked them to the post. I think they'll have learnt a lot. I think they'll be better for it. They probably don't like the fact that they didn't win the title, but I think now they know what to do next time they get there and I think there's a chance they'll get there like I say I still think City will win it but I think they've got goals I think the t- the, the issue for Arsenal's team is balance I think they found Raya who's not great on Ramsdale the back four is brilliant I think Saliba and Gabriel are brilliant Zinchenko when he's fit tucking into the midfield Ben White being a defensive fullback I think the one hole they have is, is that Jacarol. I think if they can find whoever that is I don't know but if they can Jacker. find yeah, bring him back. Well, <laughs> back, back Leverkusen. Leverkusen won't want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But I think if they can find that third man that blends perfectly with Odegaard and Rice, um, then you know they could be really, really they could be a lot closer than they were last season, and they were close. Oh no, another place for Everton. Yeah. Oh no, another place for United. Well, getting out of net. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. he's turned on halfway line. Well, yes. Uh, no, seriously. Though, somebody, somebody like Amadou Onana plays for Everton. Yeah, perfect. Rice can go. Well, he can drop him behind him, and he's got the physicality to to boss a midfield like Shaka did. A little bit of a shit house streak in him, bit of a nasty fifty fifty in him. Uh, yeah, I think that's the type of the mold of player that they need, rather than a, a Havertz or a Fabio Vieira who's been playing there. I don't think you win a title with them as your third man. Right, listeners, that music can only mean one thing. It is, of course, the bet of the week. The early kickoff is back this week, but as you know, on the bet of the week, we don't touch that shit. So, starting off with the three o'clock, I've gone Brighton, match result in that one. Then going to Old Trafford, Manchester United to beat Bournemouth and both teams to score. Sheffield United to beat Brentford with that new manager bounce with Wilder. Yeah. Wild for Wilder. We did let you know they were talking to him. We did. In the More on that no. And lastly, in the half five, we are going Aston Villa to beat Arsenal and hopefully Ooh. remain unbeaten at Ooh. home in that one. Big so one. We, one. Have, we have just talked up 
uh, Liverpool and Arsenal in a title race, but hopefully Villa will keep it going. So, just to recap the bet of the week, Brighton to beat Burnley, Man United both teams to score result against Bournemouth, Sheffield United to get that Wilder new manager bounce with a win at home to Brentford, and then Aston Villa just match result against Arsenal. And Stan, what can listeners do with that? They can shove it up the tight little lackers. Oh. Hello and welcome back to the pod. It's time for the career path game. <laughs> Do you wanna be career or career? <laughs> oh, career. Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> it's a career path game. Are you ready? No yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it is now. Twelve up ready. You look very ready. Sat there like Mr. Tate. The podcast. Cobra Tate. Full nude. And Talisman. <laughs> Talisman Tristan. Right, play no more. <laughs> Oh, he's Manchester. <laughs> Playing number one. <laughs> the best hairline in the, out of the tape room. He has. Hair transplant, though. Fair enough. Shit. Know when it's time. Play number one. Yes. Coventry. We're Stan. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Are you going to say third active or not? Oh, inactive. There are a couple of actives, actually. Ooh, in this. That's not like oh, yeah, I've changed week. it. I've like not understood it. Nabil He's changed. Nabil Ventilev. I didn't know he was active. 29 years old. Thought he was about 39 years young. Coventry. Inactive. Okay. Liverpool. West Brom on loan. Wigan loan. Wigan. 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 Leicester loan. Doncaster loan. Sheffield Wednesday. Preston. Berry. Holy shit. Eh? Oh, I thought I had it, but no, I didn't have it. Jason Kumas? No, it's not. <laughs> played for Swansea. Nice, though. Go on, have him again. Coventry. No, Cardiff you played for. Yeah. Cardiff you did, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh god, it must upset a lot of South <laughs> South South Walesians there, haven't I? A lot of swans have got their beaks up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a bluebird. Yeah. Or a red dragon. Ooh. Coventry. Tammy. Liverpool. West Brom loan. Wigan loan. Wigan. Leicester loan. Doncaster loan. Sheffield Wednesday. Preston. Berry. Oh, okay. Been around. He's, he has. They've been around. They have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. So they're good. <laughs> mm. Wigan. Did you like his house, Wigan? No, in fairness. Yes, yeah. they do. Well, you don't have to move out. They don't. Um, oh fuck! We can't get it though. Have you? I think so. I don't Come, have it. Cut. You don't have it. You're gonna like cut back in. I'm gonna just guess Chris Kirkland. It is Chris Kirkland. Oh, you cunt. Well <laughs> done, Jim. <laughs> is, Chris, is that what you're gonna say, yeah. cock? It's Chris Kirk. He came to me at the very end. There I remember he played for Liverpool. It was that West Brom. It was yeah. that West Brom thing. I remember the Reebok Liverpool kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit. Very early days. <laughs> my early thinking was Danny Ward, but then you said some names. Seems after Leicester. Another one I had in my mind. It's, it's definitely wrong though. Callum McManaman. That was another one I thought. Yeah, yeah. Scouser. But he was at Everton. I was going to say he's blue. He's a blue nose. That's blue and red. Get it mixed up again. Oh, purple. <gasps> Aki. Play number two. <laughs> Active. Rusendal, Valvik, oh, Young hell. 20, FC 20, Ooh. Southampton, oh, Everton, Stoke Lone, Feyenoord Lone, Go Ahead Eagles, <laughs> Nack Breda. That's hey, where he's He loves the Dutch League, this lad. That's what he's too, I think. He does, he does. Um, he loves the Dutch League. does love what? the Dutch League. Uh, just, just say the English teams again. <laughs> Southampton and Everton. Just them two. They're the English teams. Oh, and Stoke on loan, sorry. Yeah, I see. Southampton, Everton, Stoke on loan. 
Southampton, Everton, Stoke on loan. Um, oh no, did he didn't play. Did he play for? No, active. Oh, fired it. Fired it. Who are we going to say? Um, I think Johnny Heitinger. Johnny Heitinger. You do love Johnny Heitinger. <laughs> I do. I'm he came from Ajax, though. I think finished that. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but he's active. Southampton to Everton, or the other way around? Southampton to Everton to Stoke on Lowe. What do you think in nationality, Ras? Dutch. It's, it's got, not Dutch. It's got to be up there, like Danish or Scandinavian. It's not no, Dutch. He's not Dutch. It, it, is a, it, it is a country relating to the Dutch. Okay. If you know any of their colonies. Yeah. Is he Scandinavian? He's not. I don't know any Dutch colonies. Is it Carousel? Not Carousel. Well Car- done. Is that right? Carousel. Carousel. Very good. Great knowledge there, by Cup. It's on the sleeve sponsor of my uh, Ajax shirt. What Visit Carousel. Name some more. Visit around. Do you know any Carousel players? Because if you do, this is the only one I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Oh, he is from Curacao. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what Curacao is. That's a country. It's a Dutch colony, I want to say. I think so. Um, <coughs> what? They've got a national team, though. They do. Have they? Everyone has a national team. They don't. Focus on Southampton to Everton. <gasps> uh, do you know who it is? Come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, but I, I know the face. Oh, go on, then. Give me a second. What does he look like? <laughs> uh, I won't give the clue, then, because I don't want to say it and Jim gets it. If you've got a face in mind, I have a, I have a face, a position. I'm just thinking of a name. Tell me position. No, because he's there. <laughs> okay. Listen, listen, listen. Um, right back. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm here. Full back. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Got, I know who it is. No. Do you know who it I is? I know his name is. <laughs> I know who it is. Mosey. No. Oh, what's his name? He's got, a, wo- he's got oh, a wondrous it? strike against Arsenal oh. on, on his debut was in the it Premier League. No! Who is it? I know. I know his name. I know, I can see him and all. He was, isn't he? He's for Southampton, he wasn't it? He was fucking shit and all. No, he wasn't. Yeah, his, he was. His yeah. first name oh. sounds a little bit like the country that he plays for. I know it is. <laughs> if you say his first name. I can't think. You say I the country. Can see him. I can see Say him. the country. No. no. You said it was Curacao? Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. It's got, a f- couple, it's got four of the letters in it. Oh. <gasps> Oh, it's, it's is Cook- it Cucco Martino? Hey, Cucco yeah, Martina. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Currently at Nack Breda. I, rem- I remember he uh, once defended with his arms behind his back, backwards against the Liverpool. Oh, he did it against Liverpool, I think. He's fucking shit. He was the one. Do you remember Salah won uh, Puskas for just whipping it into the far corner? Yeah. Martina just backed off, I think, about 15 yards. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Anyway. All right. 1-1. One, one. I, I, Third I, player. I, I couldn't have got that anyway, but Cook gave me it by saying football, and I just couldn't pick his name like you. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to help. When, it, when, it was ste- when I was at the door and couldn't go in, <laughs> it's one, it was one on the one. right to give you the position. I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait for you. It's 1 1. Third player. Oh, God. North inactive. North York Rockets. <laughs> Jesus, they're not voices. Is that England, England York or Saint, Australia York? St. Catherine's. Mm, no comment. Oh, St. Catherine's what? Wolves. They're in Logan. Germinal Eckerin. Oh, and elect Everton Fulham Skoda Zanthi <laughs> Lius and Vaslund Beveren uh, Thomas Rosinski yes well done Everton and Fulham <laughs> do you wanna be the Canadian North York Rockets and St. Catherine's Wolves 2-1 oh. to Cook it's a quick turnaround like you've made up some like Trent like Endo and Trent oh no, maybe that was like the Fulham goal scorers and I'm gonna come back now that's true that's an overread fourth player 
inactive. Porto B. Porto. I could see that coming. Yeah. Could you see that coming? Like yeah. that. I well, could see that coming. He's got characters to get in though. Yeah. Farense loan. I didn't see that coming. Guimarez loan. AK Athens loan. Alright, he's, he's, he's had time to develop. Zenit St. Petersburg. I think loan. he's not gone well here. No. No, permanent to Russia. Fenerbahce. We can do this. Cagliari. Oh! Crescito. No, he frozen out. I started to I was say, he's still going. Rangers. No, he's retired this boy. He's, I was retired. He's still going. AK Athens loan. Zenit St. Petersburg. Fenerbahce. Cagliari. Rangers. Palmer. Famalicao, Apollon, Smyrnes, who were a Greek team. Back to Greece and then he retired. Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, he's been through this, can't he? He has, yeah, yeah. He's a journeyman. Uh, so he was in Italy. He was in fucking Turkey. Greece. Portugal, Greece. Greece, Russia, Turkey, Italy, Scotland... We've got to remember he started in Portugal as well. Yeah. Porto B. Porto B, Porto. Porto B. So he probably isn't Portuguese, but we're going to have to assume that he is. Um, Can't think of him a lot. South Americans started Portugal. Mm-hmm. It's the first step in Europe. I don't know why I'm trying to think of Rangers players like I can name any. I wouldn't think of him at Rangers. Um, <laughs> you might not remember him at any club, but you'll remember, <laughs> you, you remember him for his national team because he always played for them in tournaments. I was going to say, he must have had to if we don't remember him from any club. <laughs> <laughs> but you might, from FIFA cards. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, was, was that a- era? Don't know. Any guesses? So, literally not one. Should we let Cook back in? Yeah, yeah, let Cook back in. Cook? Can, we have, the t- can we have the teams again? Of course. Porto B. Porto. Forense loan. Guimarães loan. AK Athens loan. Zenit St. Petersburg. Fenerbahce. Cagliari. Rangers, Parma, Familical, Apollon, Smyrnes. Right. No. I'd focus on Zenit and Fenerbahce. Is it Danny? It's not, but he did play for Zenit. I think he played at the same time as this guy. They are both Portuguese. This guy's also Portuguese. Portuguese brothers at Zenit. So now you know he's Portuguese, you now know that you probably haven't seen him play club, but he did always play for Portugal in tournaments. Okay. <laughs> maybe think of Portuguese teams from from when we used to play FIFA. This is prime FIFA player, inactive. So you think in Portugal twenty ten? Around that, 2010, 2012, 2014 Fucking hell, Edu. No, it's a good guess, but no, he played in France, I think. Him at oh, some he's point. not. He played for Lille. No. It's not held a posti, is it? It's not held a posti. Yeah, yeah. No. Play, play for Spurs. Yeah. Happy to take an L. You're happy to take an L? <laughs> Trying to both take an L? I have no idea. Oh. He played 20 times for Rangers in 2017-18 season. Scoring once. This is annoying because... Nope. I can't think of a Portugal team, so... Yeah, I'm not going to get that. You can't. Do you want me to tell you? We'll pass it. Yeah, we'll pass it. I'm going to pass it. Yeah, it's Bruno Alves. Centre half. Oh, yeah. That ugly cunt. Yeah, Bruno Alves melting. Not like he was melting on all of his FIFA cards. Bruno oh, Alves. There you go. The fifth player, Jim. This is to make it two all in, in the dying embers of the game. Oh, yeah, that's oh. an equaliser. He'll yeah. get one as well. He's used to them lately. Active. Oh, you're fucked. Grino- <laughs> Grenoble. Grenoble. Excuse me. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah, I was going to say. Grenoble. They got a good side. <laughs> Valencia. He used to. 
<laughs> Grenoble, Valencia, Almeria alone, West Ham, Galatasaray, Fatih Karagumruk. You can't call him. And he's still there. Fucking I assume in the Turkish league. You think league. it's some random country? I mean, you know all of them. Uh, I don't. <laughs> is it Ricardo Vazte? It's not Ricardo Vazte. But you're on the right lines. That means he's Portuguese. <laughs> he's not Portuguese. <laughs> Why was he on the right lines? <laughs> That's not <laughs> Focus on Valencia to oh, West... Focus on Valencia. Focus on Valencia to West Ham. That's not happened much, Dan. Oh, well, so you should fuck, you should know it then. Oh yeah, you're right. You did get sent off against United once. Nice. Valencia to West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, do play for? Or is that all I would really know? Almeria on loan, Galatasaray, Fatih Karagumruk. Where did he go from West Ham? Uh, Gala. Gala. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I do try and do this. But we've had a European, we've had a South American, we've had a North American, we've had another European. So that kind of gives you this is a different continent. He's African. Yeah, well, there we go. See, you might not notice because you're in the heat at the moment. <laughs> but I do try and get players from all around the world. We didn't notice. So he is African. This guy is African. Fuck Although West Ham have had a few African players play for them. So oh, the Valencia to West Ham. Directly. I'm going to say it's one of these shit trikers that they signed. Cause they've okay. Had a, they've had a load. Okay, well, I'll tell you both because neither of you frozen out. You're warmer in terms of positions. He's not a striker, but you are warm. Uh, Stan, can we have the year that was at West Ham? Or the uh, thereabouts? Of course you can. It. Let me find him. You don't have to Google it. I'll talk I will head. find it. Uh, I'd guess maybe 2015 to 18 or something. Let me have a look. 2016 to 17. So just one year. Yeah, one year played twenty one times. Just one forgettable year. One hundred and forty six appearances for Valencia in six yeah. years though. That's he was a winger, North African. Um, is it? Oh, I know it is. I think. Go on. Oh, what's his name? Oh, we'll say it then. No, I know it is. It's um, Sofian Figuli. Sofian Figuli. There we go. Well done. West Ham for one season. Well done. And it's two two. Yeah. He, he was death. quite good um, internationally. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he did all right. For and then didn't do much for us, though. He didn't. Oh, one season, and then he left. So he got sent off for us at the London, uh, against us at the London Stadium. Uh, I think Ibra got a couple too now. So there we go, two two, and that's the career path game. So we'll go down to London Town. <laughs> Chelsea beat Brighton three two in a very impressive victory after having Conor Gallagher. Sent off in the first half. I mean, it doesn't tend to happen. Even when you're winning, you'd still have, I think it's a 14% chance of still winning the game if you're winning when you have a man sent off. And not only did they win, but they actually went 3-1 up at one point, Cook. Uh, we watched this together. We did. Talk us through this. How important of a win is this for Chelsea? Not only, like I say, in terms of the togetherness with the red card, but just in terms of, you know, get, getting closer to Brighton, who are a few places above them. I've, I've described this so far as in this game you saw the good the bad and the ugly of Chelsea I would say you saw the quality where they were clinical they were 2-0 up in about 18 minutes or so and then we, we completely just self-implode 
with Gallagher getting sent off. It's back-to-back weeks we've had red cards. Both happen to be the captain as well, James, the week before Gallagher this week. So the cursed armband. Indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, I just think... I, I had I that it. cook. You was there, I had the armband, I got sent off. <laughs> you did, Sometimes actually. Sometimes that extra pressure on you. <laughs> exactly. But I, I just think that, again, it shows immaturity in places with this team, but I think to actually get over the line in this game to, and to go and get a third... Uh, it showed good character and it showed the evolution from last week where we got spanked by Newcastle and I think coming out of this this run of these like really hard fixtures where I said on the pod it, it would make or break our season and be quite of a, a coming of age performance. We got a two all draw with Arsenal, we beat Spoilers four one, drew four four all with City, got beat by Newcastle four one and we beat Brighton. So really it's it's not been too bad for Chelsea. But like I said last week you're gonna see a lot of these Jekyll and I performances but yeah, very good on the day. I thought that even when we went down to the 10, Stan, you could probably vouch for this because you watched it with me. Brighton didn't do enough, in my opinion, to go and win the game. But Chelsea uh, at 2-0, obviously, with the man deficit, couldn't do a lot themselves. Brighton had something like 73% of the ball in the second half, so and they didn't do an awful lot with it. No, I don't think Chelsea ever looked like losing the game, which is um, more of an indictment on Brighton, considering, like we said, they had 50 minutes, 50, 60 minutes without any time. Uh, at 2-1 at one point and, and let's not forget Brighton pulled one just back so they had, not only did they have the momentum from the goal they had the momentum from then Gallagher getting himself sent off So, but they never pushed on and Chelsea went and made it 3-1 uh, they always had that threat on the break whilst uh, Mudrick Jackson was up with, and Sterling on the pitch and Mudrick Milner was a complete mismatch uh, and I don't think that penalty gets well, the penalty doesn't get given without VAR the ref didn't give it and I don't think anybody's looking at it but the precedent set by VAR and the slow-mo and the slow-mo of the legs tangling, him being sent to the screen, uh, which we'll talk about again, uh, the referee being sent to the screen in this one. Uh, but as soon as he was sent to the screen for this one, when there was an actual decision to make, um, we knew it was going to be a penalty and, and Enzo Fernandez stuck it away and got his second goal of the game. Um, but yeah, Chelsea were good, but like I say, more of an indictment on Brighton, never really ever coming close to even drawing the game. Uh, even at 3-2, uh, they did nothing in the dying minutes of of the game in terms of an actual chance uh, the ref had a decision to make or did he have a decision to make go on Stan um, you've teased us I have teased tell, you so tell us what happened at 3-2 uh, Brighton made it 3-2 Jao Pedro uh, a Brighton player crossed the ball in and it smacks uh, Levi Colwell straight in the face his arm is up but it doesn't touch it at all um, they're looking at it on VAR shouting for handball it looked like handball in, in real time just because of where his hand was uh, and how the ball clearly didn't strike his body, it struck someone else, but it's, we know that it struck his face. VAR looked at it and advised the referee to go to the screen. The commentator said, unless on another angle it brushes his hand and then hits his face, uh, it didn't. He looked at about three angles, and apparently the commentator said that the referee, uh, the commentator pretty much said to the referee, yeah, I don't think it hits his hand, I think it hits his head, but you know, you might want to look at it. Uh, he looked at it, ran back on the pitch, Pointed to something. The commentator went, he's given a penalty. <laughs> uh, and then he ran on the pitch and the commentator went, oh no, he's not given a penalty. And then uh, the ball actually went out off Colwell's head for a corner and the ref gave Chelsea a drop ball. Uh, <laughs> so I'm panicking. It was, it was, it was, it was, I'm sorry. I'm going to lose my chance. I'm sorry. <laughs> not a great moment. Uh, and then the whistle was blown about 30 seconds later. So apologies to any men out there or women 
who had one Brighton corner left for the oh, bet, uh, because that would have been an absolute sickener. Uh, but no, all in all, Chelsea deserved to win. It was nearly calamitous VAR error, uh, but they managed to get it right. I said to Cole, are we going to witness history? Him going to the screen and uh, sticking to his original decision. Uh, and uh, Like I say, there wasn't a decision to make in the end. Uh, and if he came back with anything other than not a penalty, um, then I think Chelsea really would have been asking referees not to go to Stamford Bridge anymore. Uh, just to be completely banned after Taylor and I don't know who it was at the weekend but it was shocking Great boss and it was it was yeah mate but had that have in any world been given as a penalty uh, I think even Tottenham and Arsenal fans would have had sympathy for Chelsea maybe yeah maybe um, Jim a question I've got for you is Brighton I think they've got one win in the last buddy eight Premier yeah. League games or something still no clean sheet um, still no clean sheet all season like me mate that <laughs> Um, but will they care? They've gone through in the Europa League conference, Jim. Uh, do they no, care? The Europa League proper. Oh, the Europa League proper. Sorry, yeah. Villa are in the conference. Villa. They've gone through in the Europa. Is that his name now, the Europa League proper. The Europa League proper. <laughs> They've gone through in the Europa League proper. Yeah. Will they really care what happens in the Premier League if they have a European run, as long as they don't get relegated? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think they'll care if they drop out of the top ten or something like that, which I don't think they are doing because um, they're still going to be beating teams below them and around them um, from time to time. But like I think Brian's a team that first first trip into Europe. Uh, they had a tough group as well, if you remember, and they've gone through. Um, With a game to spare. Yeah, tough group on paper. Anyway, I don't know how good the teams have been this season, but yeah. yeah. Brian have done well with the lack of experience they've got against the teams that have got experience in the, in the competition to go through um, already. That's their season, isn't it? That's their bread and butter. They want to see how far they get there. They probably see what West Ham went through last year, and that was in the, um, the fake Europa. Um, but yeah, I think Brian and, and Villa as well. They'll both be Villa are probably a bit more optimistic with the squad depth that they've got. But Europe doesn't come around too often for teams like that. Um, but never for Brian. So yeah, yeah, that that's the, that's the entire season. So games like this will be frustrating, obviously, for fans because they they want to win every game and you don't go to the games to lose, do you? But no. at the same time, you've got to take all the pinch of salt and go as our season of success based on what we do in the Europa because that's going to be that's where the fans are going to enjoy themselves the most I mean West Ham almost got relegated at times last year but they would look back on last season as a brilliant year so yeah that just says it all to me yes totally yeah. agree yeah and just a quick one Stan before we move on eight players out for Chelsea in this game we've mentioned that they did have to play centre half so missing from this game players that we usually play in Kunku Lavia James Gusto Fafana Kukurella Chukwameka Trevor Chalobah Ben Chilwell so Chelsea, I, I did say Thiago obviously being 39, eventually we do need to phase him out, but it is only Colwell there that started at the weekend who probably starts every single week for us. I mean, I will say that, and I was actually going to say this, I'm not saying it in retort, but <laughs> for Brighton, Mahmoud Dahoud, Lewis Dunk, Enciso, Estupinan, Ansu Fati, Lamptey, March, Webster and Danny Welbeck. I actually think there's a chance that all of the hoods start for Brighton uh, on another day. So, look, Brighton have got massive injury problems, uh, but you know the fact that they've qualified for the Europa with those problems and they're still eighth, ninth in the Premier League, whatever they are, you know they, they just kind of stick in there and enjoy the European trips because they might not come round again for a long time. You never know. Welcome back, listeners. Back by popular demand, it is of course him versus him. So. We've got a little bit of a twist for the last him versus him, but we're going to start with players number one, Andrei Shevchenko Ooh. versus Michael Owen. 
Um, do you know what? I've probably crossed over in areas. These two guys. Yeah, I'm gonna just show me ages. Each as well, I think. Agreed. I try. I try and. I try and group this. That um, I did. I probably didn't appreciate my clothing because I mean I was I was, I was too much of a wee nipper. Whatever you know what I mean. Too much of a Waza fan. Well, who doesn't love Waza? Um, Colleen. She does. <laughs> she stuck him through thick and thin. Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. Through old and young. Allegedly. <laughs> um. Yeah. I really don't. I'm probably not the best person to ask because I've not seen all the careers. But I feel like Michael Owen is probably a bit of an underrated player in terms of no one likes him, <laughs> for one. So no one's sticking up for him. Which, I mean, I, I get. I don't really love him too much. But, I mean, he was at a young age, he was incredible, wasn't he? For, uh, like I say, Ballon d'Or winner. Um, early days at Liverpool for England as well. Um, so maybe Michael Owen, but. I've not got a, a big arseness one, Stan. I don't know what you think. Um, I'd have to go Andre. Uh, mainly because I think when I first started becoming uh, into football, I think I'm pretty sure Owen was at Madrid and I was watching the Premier League. I didn't watch Spanish football then, so I've not really a clue. I don't remember him for Liverpool, really. I have very vague memories, um, but not really. Uh, and I think by the time he came back to the Premier League with Newcastle and Stoke, uh, he came to United, scored a brilliant goal in the 4-3. Not a brilliant goal, but obviously a great goal for the moment. Uh, won a league title at United, as you say. Yeah, to Liverpool fans, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, but yeah, Jim's right. United and Liverpool fans don't like him because they played. United fans think, fuck off, you play for Liverpool and you're an ambassador now. And Liverpool fans think, fuck off, you joined them and ended up winning a title with them. So nobody likes him. Uh, but I think Shevchenko is, you know, he's won a Ballon d'Or as well. AC Milan, incredible AC Milan side. Won a couple of Champions Leagues, I believe. Uh, was it 03 and 07, I want to say? No, he um, was at Chelsea for the 07 one. Oh, was he? Oh, right, it's okay. So he's won one, he beat Juve at Old Trafford. And I, I remember watching that. I think I was coming coming into, into age with football and, you know, Shevchenko's name... It just had that glamour around it that Michael Owen didn't. So I think seeing Shashenko in the Champions League in a Champions League final at Old Trafford on telly, uh, you just got to go for Andre, I think, every time. Michael Owen's a boring cunt. So. Yeah, I've been leaving Michael Owen. He's only seen five films, uh, which is weird for one. Agreed. Uh, he had that weird advert, didn't he? And he oh, cried when he ran over a rabbit, apparently, according to his Twitter. <laughs> so there you go. Do you remember that advert he did when he was talking over the... Yeah, yeah, it, in, in the cockpit. Yeah. Bizarre man. Very bizarre man. We did see him in a chippy in Chester, though. We did. Remember that? I seen him at Adoc too. Uh, he's there you go. I've never seen Chashenko. Nope. Yeah, so that, that's why I'm going Owen, actually. I've never seen him at the races. <laughs> You've never seen Chashenko. He might not exist. We do know that Owen does. All right, fair enough. Okay, moving on. Leighton Baines versus Gail Clichy. Ooh. Um... Liam Baines, I bit pinged on him, didn't he? He did. I think he's got the assist record for a defender in the Prem as well. Is he really? I would think so. I'd, I mean, I'd love if you could look that up, Cook. That's what we love. I, I think Trent and Robertson are on the verge of that probably, aren't they? Uh, um, you'd think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I don't really... Do you know what? I'm probably going to go with Gail Cliche. Um... Gail Clichy was quite... He, he, to be first thing, he was always solid at City. And I always thought with Gail Clichy is that when he when he had a, a stinker, um, he was obviously in the Mancini teams and the Pellegrini teams and we kind of rotated him at Colorado. 
when Gail Cliche had a stinker, he kind of always brought it back. Like, he would do something stupid and then he'd realise it and he'd be brilliant in the next game or he'd be brilliant in that same game and make up for it. And he had that character in him, appearance to to him. Uh, he played in great Arsenal teams and great City teams, so I'm going to go Gail Cliche, but probably didn't have the, the Steerike that late, and I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go Leighton. Uh, Andy Robertson does hold, he broke it in February. He's got 54. He hasn't got an assist since Feb, though. Maybe, maybe it's just not been updated. Um, and then the next closest is Trent in the 40s. So I think for Baines to do that in an Everton and Wigan sides, don't forget, scored a great goal against United for Wigan, 2006. Uh, I think there was probably a period when Leighton Baines was the best left back in the Prem, I would say. Uh, I can't really think about it. He was always linked to United anyway, even under Fergie and after Fergie. Um, and yeah, Cliche was good, but I think he used to share his position quite a lot with Kolarov, didn't he? So. Did, I feel yeah. I feel like that happened. Uh, he was always more invincible. He was always the more constant mm. out of him and Cole. Cole could give you a bad game. Yeah, but Cole was Cole was playing then, wasn't he? Or did he go to Chelsea? Chelsea by then. Did he? Um, oh no, Cole was no, invincible. Cole was well. definitely an invincible. Yeah, yeah. so clearly she was in the squad, but obviously yeah. he didn't play left back. Yeah, I think Leighton Baines. I think Leighton Baines. I just think output and. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Leighton Baines. I'd, only because cliche, I've got nothing against him. Obviously, he's got the trophies to back it up, but I'd, I don't think... Yeah. If you asked me to name 10 Premier League left-backs, I'd name Baines and I wouldn't name, name cliche. I think that's my logic. Right. <laughs> that's the only reasoning, I think. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. Okay, sticking with the left-footers. Ian Robin versus Angel Di Maria. Oh, that's, that's a tasty nah. one, that cook. This is more less is more of what we like. This is tasty. Yeah, tasty one. Um, I'm gonna go with. Actually, I said I've asked the first twice. I'm gonna stand up first, but I have got my answer. Um, I am Robin, definitely. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying, Di Maria? Yeah. <laughs> no comment. I am Robin. That's why we love him. This. Um, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. A guy, a guy. I think when Bayern won the league, uh, the Champions League, the treble. I think it was in 2013. He was their best player. I think Di Maria has never been the best player in a team and he's never been the best player in a team whilst he won the treble uh, and Robin's done that and Robin's got a a uh, what should we say uh, a move where he nips in from that right and side. everybody knows what he's going to do he whips it into that far corner everybody knows what he's going to do you can't stop it uh, and he's always played in the right wing which is where he wanted to play Di Maria's had to change his position because Gareth Bale was signed he did it really well moving into centre mid but if you're uh, one of the best players in your position or of, of you know up there with a, a time when Robin was a right winger you don't get moved out of position I'm afraid so uh, I am Robin yeah it, it, clutch it, as well clutch yeah Robin was brilliant um, brilliant for, for the national team as well in that run that they had to um, World Cup final the World yeah. Cup final but I do think Dean Marie is one of the most underrated players actually the past 10-15 years I think he was brilliant in Real Madrid Oh yeah, when he was when he's playing, and I think the fact that he's good at PSG. Yeah, I think the fact that you said that he changed his position, Robin didn't. I think that kind of, I think I think that's a good thing for Di Maria. I think that's what he had in his locker. I think he could play centre mid, he could play on the wing, he could play either wing as well. Um, his move to United didn't work out, but I think that was for. It's like a moment, so. Yeah, I think I think he has judged on that quite a bit because that's what obviously those Premier League fans. We don't remember him for for United because he's so much at Madrid and PSG etc. But you, you do think of it. But he had a lot of form problems, didn't he? Um, his arse got robbed a few times. It's, it's, hard, it's hard doing that move sometimes for some players. Um, it was big money as well. But like I said, a good moment. I, I do think he's really underrated. So I'm probably going to go with Di Maria. I think he held his own in um, 
one of the best sides I've ever seen in that Madrid side. Um, he definitely wins games for them, and he was he was great for PSG as well. Um, yeah, Dean Maria for me, but that yeah, is close, nice, tasty. I take both of them on the wing cup if you ask me. If you want me to, both tasty. Okay, moving on. I did say we'd have a few surprises. Moving on oh. to the managers. Wow, we've got Arsene Wenger versus Carlo Ancelotti. It's it's got to be he's got to be the man with the eyebrow on it. I do love Wenger. <laughs> Wenger's one of my um, childhood heroes. Talk to me. When I was an Arsenal fan, you know what I mean, back in the day. <laughs> Good lad, Wenger. I didn't see anything when he went against him. Never never seen a... If his player got um, a little offside goal, he yeah. didn't see it. Mm. Oh, that's classic Wenger. Wenger changed Premier League football, didn't he? And he's going to go down as a legend forever. Uh, one of the best managers of my lifetime. And, yeah, the, the way he, he kind of introduced... Um, Kind of rules and so he made he made his team take things more seriously. I think that's what they had on Fergie's United. And I think for even Fergie thought, all right, we need to like stop going out booze every year if we're going to keep up with Arsenal and Wenger. And he did, and they adapted in fairness to him. But Carlo Ancelotti is the king of the the, the greatest competition in in club football. <laughs> so there's not much else to say. Is he? he's dominated it with in different. Um, Different countries, um, different eras, in different, different eras, different eras, different ways of playing. I mean, like twenty years of it. Yeah, the, the eras thing is big because obviously he's done it with Madrid recently. Were he was the AC manager in with Shevchenko, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, but, but you, you always say like Mourinho is a brilliant manager himself. He's kind of struggled with the change of you can kind of be harsh on players and kind of give them that herd ride treatment that Fergie did. Um, but now you can't really do that. You have to change the way you manage players because. They're all fucking rock stars. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, exactly. And and Ancelotti's just kind of gone with gone with the flow of it. He's gone from he was managing the nineties, wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's, he's what he's, he's four decades and all that, isn't it? Um, That's right. So yeah, Ancelotti for me, but Ancelotti's one of the probably probably one of the greatest managers of all time. So nothing on Wenger. Yes, Carlo as well. Yeah, for all the reasons Jim said. Um, longevity, what he's won. Wenger never won a Champions League. Uh, he's you know Wenger won league titles. Uh, Ancelotti's won league titles. Uh, yeah, definitely Ancelotti for me. But like I say, nothing against Wenger. I like Wenger in the end, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I like he did loads for Arsenal. Yeah, I think I think, people I think, underrate I think Wenger though. I think yeah. people do underrate Wenger. Made a big step. He came from Japan. Everyone forgets. Where yeah. do you think he'll go down in um, all-time Premier League managers? Oh, Wenger. Four. How many? How many do you ever had of him, star? Three. Really? Yeah. Go on. No. Guardiola, Mourinho, for me. Clot for me, love. Nah, have a minute. Pep? Uh, Guardiola, Ross. Oh, did you say? Yeah, Guardiola, Mourinho, Fergie. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Guardiola, Mourinho, Fergie. Wenger. I'd say Klopp. Klopp's close. Nah. Klopp and... Klopp's got the Champions League on him, though. Klopp and Guardiola's close. Wenger's got multiple uh, Premier Leagues and he retained it. He did. Oh. I would agree with Stan just because I think Klopp's probably a better manager. In terms of what he's done with that team. I don't know. The but professor. Won the Bundesliga with Dortmund, love. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I think when you change football, it's, it's quite big, that. It's got weight, hasn't it? It's but Guardiola, like all the managers that you named, and uh, Guardiola changed the way the Premier League's been. Um, 25 years for Wenger as well, pretty much. Did. It's longevity, too. Yeah. I don't know, another day, he has a Champions League. That's not, it's not like he didn't, never got close to a final. I, I actually think... Did. You said Mourinho, then? 
Mourinho, Guardiola, Wenger, yeah. I think Mourinho and No, Jose. Place. No, Jose and that. Well, Premier League, it's Jose's close. not got the longevity, but it's those. T- it's that time. I, I just love Jose. Yeah, I hated him. I, I think if him. you analysed it, for Premier League only, it's quite close. Though. Yeah, but he also changed the prep, Jose, when he turned up. He did, because they both did. He did. But, yeah. into, but you, yeah. Jose is just preference. But Jose and Wenger's interchangeable. I think, interesting, interesting. I think Guardiola and Fergie. And you think Klopp? No. I, th- I, th- I think if Klopp has the, the longevity that Wenger ends up having uh, sorry if Klopp has the longevity that Wenger had at Arsenal then, Pre- then definitely but I think Jurgen Klopp again in the short space of time that he's been in Liverpool compared to Wenger has done so much more in that small, short space mm. any of the top five was there anyone else I think I think it's hard to say because there's there's managers that have been in the Prem for like two years that have done really well and then been, been sacked harshly. An example, Carlo Ancelotti won the double in his first year, got sacked the next year, even though we went to like semi-finals and stuff like that. Conte lasted two years at Chelsea, won the league and we mm. finished 10th the year before. So it's, it's hard to say what the rules are because obviously they burn bright and fast, if that makes sense, but... There's other people that you you've got in different. I think they're the four. Yeah, right, yeah. You've got in you've got to think of what if, if what's about. A, if there was a Mount Rushmore of Premier League managers, it would yeah, be. Yeah, it'd those be. Um, it'd probably be Stuart yeah. Pearce, Solskjaer, Sven, Solskjaer, um, Ollie, Brian Kidd, and who uh, was that bloke who took over at Newcastle when they were shit? Oh, joking here. No, 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 no. The other one. Oh, it'd be joking here. Glenn uh, Roder. Glenn Roder, and who was the other one? Gus Hiddink. No. The one they hated. He wore while that Newcastle. Jacket is still low, I think. Was he the one who said he was like better than? He said he was like. Who was the one who talked himself up? He said he was class. Joking here, wasn't it? Was that joking here? Yeah, the one who called him Yohan Kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Connor, <gasps> and um, oh, who was that? Frank De Boer. <laughs> right, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners. Um, we're going to go up nearest now to Burnley. Um, and before we talk about Burnley actually Cook mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of teased it before we have actually had our first managerial sacking we have it feels like it's come a bit later than it usually does but Paul Heckingbottom has got hecked out of Sheffield United nice got his bottom kicked yes and the big Wilder's back what do, you, what do you think about that Liv? hashtag Wild for Wilder wow Deontay oh. Wilder or Chris Wilder him versus him well, I think they're going down either way. So you could have either in the dugout and they'd still get relegated. Sheffield United. What about having a Wildie? You have had, have Wilder you, having a Wildie. Have you ever had a Wildie I haven't, I've never needed to, but I, I don't judge people. People get in certain situations, just make sure there's dot leaves around. Some people have Gary ideas. Gary Lineker had a Wildie. did on the pitch on Saturday. Yeah. Sorry, Paul Radcliffe. Fuck. Famous people who shit themselves. CM Punk. Any more? CM Punk, yeah. Um... <laughs> Any more for any more? You're right in. Anyone famous <laughs> shit themselves, please write in. Chris Wildy, he called him. Is it? Yeah, he had a Wildy once, yeah. Right, but let's be real, Jim. The, what, what is the point here from Sheffield? Should, <laughs> he not have, should he not have gone after the 8-0 against Newcastle? Uh, uh, yeah, I do get what Come you on. mean. Come on, what are we doing here? But I think sometimes... It's like putting a plaster over a the, burst pipe. I, th- I think, I think <laughs> what I'm going to say is, and another thing where we're going to circle it back around on this podcast and go, this is how bad Burnley are, <laughs> is that you might get beat 8-0, but getting beat by Burnley's worse. <laughs> that gets you sacked. Yeah, goes <laughs> right. Eight 0 It's not too bad because now Newcastle is decent side. Yeah. Uh, well, Burnley beat us. You got to get him out. Because <laughs> yeah, they that's are shit. Bad. That's really bad. Um, I think the only explanation, Jim, uh, is Sheffield United's manager had no manager sacked till December, potentially. Ooh, I said we, to Cook. Should um, we look into that? It, it has felt late this year, hasn't it? It has felt late. Do you know what, actually? It's Christmas time they've sacked him. There's That's no need harsh, to be that. that is that. Home alone. Although, 
Nice payout. You can get yeah, stuff yeah. It depends, it depends how you look at this because he has lost his job around Christmas, which isn't good. Christmas will be family though, Jim. But like you say, he's going to be free now. I don't think he's strapped for cash, is he? I don't think so. After being sacked from the Premier League, job. yeah, he'll be all right. I'm sure he was wild as an assistant. He was. Correct. So will he go back? Imagine, <laughs> imagine that'd be the ultimate fucking simp cook move from <laughs> Heckingbottom. Yeah, you've just took my job, but I'll be your assistant. Wildy. He does look a bit like a cook as well. Oh, he does. And Wilder looks like a bit like a bull. He is a bottom. <laughs> but no, Chris, Chris Wilder's great. We didn't give you that exclusive on the pod a good few weeks ago that Chef United were talking to Great Chris analysis by us this now. We just talked about having shit Wilders and uh, cooks. No, listen. Great with Burnley. It's relevant. Burnley winning 5-0 is enough to get you sat. Burnley, will in, Bur- Burnley winning a game is enough to get you sat. I think if they won 1-0, that would have spelled the end. Burnley won two games this year. They have. Who was the other one? Bur- Luton. First they, whole game of the season. They feel like they shouldn't count. No, they shouldn't. I'm going to say it. Burnley have beat teams Which, that were championship teams and that to me is. isn't what a Premier League is You can argue though they've kept the level from last season they've beaten the, only the championship teams in the Premier League this season. So how many points are Burnley on? Um, um, seven I think, is it? Something like that. Yeah, maybe seven. I'm going to say... I'm, I'm gonna is say, it seven? Yeah, seven, seven. Seven, I'm going yeah. to say six, I mean, po- six point deduction. Everton are already <laughs> above both. They did have minus ten a fortnight ago. So maybe company should be sat next. Yeah. Maybe Burnley were talking to Robbie Blake. Or um, any other legendary Burnley players? Phil uh, Barton Rob was Brady. there. Robbie Brady. <laughs> got sent off for George Boyd. Boyd against United. <gasps> Georgie Boyd. He did. That volley. He did. Um, no, but seriously, uh, welcome to the Prem, Chris Wilder. Can't wait. Welcome for your back. Lap. Welcome back. Can't wait for your underlapping centre-halves again. But this time they're nearly 40. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Basham's got one leg. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm looking at the fixtures for Chef. It it don't get any easier for him. Yeah, but if you played Whittle all next week, you wouldn't trust him, would you? Yeah, yeah you're but not wrong. You'd have gone, oh, they've got Burnley away. They got beat 5 now. There's literally not a fixture we can look at. <laughs> There's literally not a fixture we can look at. That's no. a toughie for them. Well. They might get a point there. They might have got three at Burnley. They got beat 5-0. <laughs> I know they had a man sent off, but I think they were like 2-0 down before he got sent off. Honestly. So even with 11 men, they were nowhere. They were we're wasting our time here. We, we almost we're ask it every time. time we speak about someone down the bottom. Are Sheffield going to break Derby's record? Who do Everton play next? All right, I'll find because out. Because City play Luton, so if Everton get any points, Newcastle at home, right? So they've lost. So so they've lost. <gasps> yeah, yeah, they're just shit, aren't they? They're yeah. just really shit. And I think if we do ever talk about on this podcast, we're, we're trying to find about. positives as well. No, we are trying. We can't find positives for him, honestly. Ollie McBurney got right, because two bookings for elbowing two players on headers. And also, what are you doing? This is a Premier League podcast, and we're not. Well, these aren't Premier League teams. These aren't Premier League teams. Fact. You know what? BBL, bring back Leicester. Should we, should we... <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Foxes. <laughs> Let's make a pact. We're not talking about Sheffield United until the next win. No so matter, how, so no no matter so how badly no they get beat. No matter who they play. Yeah. No matter what happens in the game. Yeah, even if... If so, they lost... Right, so they play happen, Liverpool next. If they lose 8-7 eight, eight, in a game, we can't talk about no, it. No, we just talk about the 8 they conceded. <laughs> so some team conceded 8 against Liverpool. Yeah, we can't remember though. But oh, we don't know who. United. Sheffield United's 5 old draw with Liverpool this week. Well, they didn't win. And, and oh, you know they what? Didn't win. We didn't say that. It's extra worrying as well, this, for the teams down the bottom. And I know that they are picking up points, but Bournemouth are slowly picking up points as well, Jim. All I'll say is cook. Yeah, you don't have to be quick about it, do you? No. Like you said, Everton are about 10 point fucking deduction and they're already above two of them. All I'll say, cook. In Barrett. We're, we're into, we're All just I'll say, cook. December. They are going to win the next game because it's in the bet of the week against Brentford at home, isn't it? 
So they yes. are going to win the next one. Yes. Before the midweeker. Yes. <laughs> the next next game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, listeners, unfortunately, it is that time of the pod where we do have to love you and leave you, but I'm going to let you know where you can find us when we're not making pods. So if you've got Instagram or Twitter, you can follow us by using the handle Cookie Podcast Network. We're available on YouTube in clips. Just type in Cookie Podcast Clips, and we're also available on TikTok by using the handle The Cookie Podcast. So it's been episode 205, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you